Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to Go Long with Dunn and Monus. I got Jim Monus with me. Back together again. You've been a busy man, Jim. I've been busy up north. Uh, you're getting the XFL all lined up. Uh, how's how's life? Come from, straight from a Marriott, I assume. You you know the life, right? Like we sometimes we switch lives where I'm traveling a little bit, you're traveling a little bit. But yeah, here we are, little hotel life, hotel pod. Not the same as when we're fatty. Not the same. That's right. We are we are fueled by Fatty Beer Company, which which is great, but it's also six twelve a.m. So probably not t- not the time to uh, crush one of those beers. I see you have a coffee in your hand. Is that I, the room I, coffee or is it lobby? Tyler, coffee? I was gonna see. Uh, only true people understand what this. That's the room means. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So but the question is. Did they have coffee available in the lobby? Because it's worth the trudge down, even if you're tired, even if you're short on time to drink, you know, the complimentary C minus coffee as opposed to the F plus coffee in the room. This is, this takes me back. This makes me feel like a true scout when I was scouting days. I mean, Tyler, you never knew what city you were up in. Like, and then you would just fire up the coffee that was in the room. And I got used to that a little bit. And you're exactly right. Your grades are correct on the coffees. <laughs> I can't argue any of those grades. <laughs> they were well said. F, as long, F plus. Yeah. As long as you avoid the, the powdery cream that they give you in the no, room. Because that's that just no, makes I, I take it straight. I take it straight. I take it straight. But but Tyler, everything tastes better after a nice win in gambling on the Philadelphia Eagles. So you were victorious then. We'll get into it, but you can't even really talk about that. I mean, that game, what do you say about that game? I was going to say, you know, Eagles, 49ers, it was kind of a blah, pathetic. There's, it just really wasn't a game once they're down <laughs> to their – I mean, really, not not just the backup quarterback. T- take it all the way back to Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, Josh Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, so, Rock Purdy couldn't throw farther than, than five yards. I mean, everybody in the building knew 
they were going to run every play. So I, I don't even know. They weren't going to win the game regardless. I mean, the Eagles were just the better team. Uh, but it, entertainment-wise, it, it was not it was not fun to consume. I will, I was so excited for yesterday. I thought we were about to see two of the great games, like Final Four type. Because the 49ers team, you know, is loaded. I mean, I, I'll say this about that game. I didn't think Hurts played that well. No. Um, he didn't look he didn't look like the Hurts that we've seen all season, I don't think. Um, those misses are bad. You cannot you cannot miss touchdown throws. We talk about it all, all the time. And that overthrow that Hurts had early kept the 49ers kind of around. And I think that's a different that game was gonna be different if Purdy doesn't get hurt. That the 49ers looked like they were about to make that gonna it was gonna go back and forth, I think. Um and then the next game, you know, that Chiefs-Bengals game was not, other than Mahomes just being off the charts, who knows how he does what he does. That wasn't a great watch either because of all the flags. So I was a little let down on the dramatic part of those games yesterday as far as just a watch goes. Yeah. Um, but still a fun day. Let's let's focus right in on Kansas City, Cincinnati. Obviously, yeah, that was the – I don't know uh, what you can take from the other game. Right. And I'm with you on the officiating it. It I don't want to turn this into a ref referee podcast because nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to listen to that. There there were some pretty egregious calls. There were a lot of flags, a lot of flags justified to him in these holding penalties. They'd play the replay. It's like, yeah, that's a hold. Uh, But I think it was, you know, long story short, my takeaway was, yeah, there were, there were bad calls. Most of them probably went against Cincinnati but in an AFC championship game, it's human nature, I think, for the referees to probably <laughs> lean that direction. Like, that's probably the team that is going to get the short end of the stick. And it still came down to, like, Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes each making insane plays to win the game. That that, that was my takeaway. Like, yes, we, we we can. We can parse through the details and specific moments and specific plays and them just granting the Chiefs this free down. Why not? Uh, but the Bengals <laughs> had a shot. They were driving. They only needed a field goal. And Chris Jones is superhuman. The very next drive, Patrick Mahomes runs, you know, on his his gippy ankle. And yes, he gets another 15 yards, but what are you doing outside as well? Like why, why even make that close? And it's, it's too bad because Joseph Osai, I mean, he played a hell of a game. Uh, he had a, some hits on Mahomes earlier. He, he was all over the field late and then just gives them 15 yards. Who, who knows what happens on that field goal attempt. If, if it's from what 60 or whatever it'd be 62. You know, it's funny. You're so right about the penalties too. They didn't really affect the, the outcome of the game. It, they were penalties. Yeah, like a lot of those were penalties. It was just a bad watch. But to your, that's true. That it's just kind of the, the stop and the start and the all the the delay the delays and the replay that took forever. It just that, that's really what it was. That's what it was. Just that part. But the stuff that Mahomes and, and Burrow chase all these guys that we get every week. It's just the same guys. There. It's just they're unstoppable. Just greatest of all time type stuff. It really is. I mean, it's just insane to watch. I just don't know, even know who's healthier between Hertz and Mahomes because Hertz didn't look right to me. He he didn't, and, and we'll definitely have time to 
I know he's healthier. But yeah, we'll talk this. about all that. Yeah, we'll get into that. But did, did, did you – I'll tell you some talk, the guys I was watching the game with. Sure. We felt like the Bengals weren't attacking Mahomes enough early. Just because we recognize – you could recognize right away he couldn't move, right? He was – or being very cautious with his movements and his timing. He wasn't going to hold the ball long. I mean, he was going to get rid of it. He was not going to get hit. And that we thought that might have been a chance where the Bengals could have really tried to get after him a little bit, jump some routes, you know, make a play, something to change up the flow. But that's kind of maybe nitpicking. You're also talking about Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know what you do to stop him. Yeah, it's, it's the double-edged sword because you blitz him. And you try to he's so good against bluster him. Right. He's it's not like his his mind is you know no, sprained. It's not that he's still going to see what you're doing out there and take advantage of it. I think it was more the ankle. I think it was the ankle. Trying, it's like your only chance to maybe you know <laughs> stop Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how else you do it. I mean, do, do you, you hold Kansas City at Arrowhead to 23 <laughs> points. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time blistering. Cincinnati's defense too much. I, I think Agreed. that they, for the most Agreed. part, made, made the plays they had to make, except for the the penalty. And it, you know, early on, b- both teams kind of had to settle for the chip shot field goals. And you wondered, okay, is this going to come back to bite either Cincinnati or Kansas City, leaving some points on the board? I'll say this: I was stunned that Andy Reid hunted, mm-hmm. and with just to let's pull it up here, so it would have been. Yeah. At the Cincinnati 37, fourth and eight, uh, they punt a 31-yard punt to pin Cincinnati at its own six with two minutes and 30 seconds to go. So, obviously, we, we both like, like to kill these coaches for just punting away to a really, really good quarterback uh, at that point of the game when you were – so close to field goal range yourself. So, that, I mean, that was a great stand by Cincinnati. Um, I'll say this, though. I mean, Andy Reid is showing confidence in his defense, whereas, you know, as we talked about on the last podcast with the Buffalo Bills, with Sean McDermott, that the defense wasn't able to stop anybody, right? That whole game, it's just a different game where Cincinnati's just going up and down the field, moving the ball at will, scoring at will. You know that kind of game. Just go, you, you, you have to take your opportunity at points at every turn. Where this just shows, I think, I think Kansas City kind of has the defense that Buffalo has been dreaming of—a defensive line that is relentless. Frank Clark, uh, Chris Jones, obviously, Carl Aftis, a first-round pick. They have yeah, they so do. many different players that can win one-on-ones. Andy Reid is showing that confidence, saying, "No, we're gonna, we're gonna try to pin you." We're going to stop you. You know, here we, we are thinking they're playing for overtime. They get the ball back at that point. Um, and this is after Joe Burrow completes a third and 16 at his own. Uh, the third and 16. The third and 16. So at that point, I think we're, we're all wondering, holy cow, they, they're, they're on the move. They got it up to their 35 yard line. And then that's when Chris Jones supplied. I think the play of the game uh, when he yeah. 
and it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's easy to, to, to criticize and we should criticize. I mean, how do you leave him alone one-on-one with everything on the line when he, he's really been wrecking things all game, but you want to have as many options as you can in the passing game. He's one-on-one. He wins that one-on-one sack punt Kansas city. <laughs> There's just so many moments. I mean, everybody watched this game, but I believe that's when they had the, uh, yeah, that's right. Sky Moore, 29 yard punt return. Yeah. So it starts it starts with Sky Moore. I mean, he he corrals it around his own 10 or 15, returns at 29, they're in business, and then we 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 see what we see with Patrick Mahomes uh running running for the uh the first down and getting getting an extra 15, and then that's the game. So long long-winded way of saying it, and Andy Reid just showing the confidence in his defense because he which, has a defense. Which he I has Chris know. Jones. He's got the players to get him the ball back. I wasn't completely sold on their defense leading into this game. And I thought it was going to be a much, you know, I thought that we were going to see a little more fireworks. Obviously, with Mahomes being hurt, we're not he they're not going to have the fireworks, but or at least not look the same having the fireworks. But the I thought the Chiefs defense was incredible. And because we we've seen the Bengals make everybody look bad all the time. And they were earning every yard. I mean, both teams yesterday were just fighting for everything. Um, but Jamar Chase, I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't get enough of watching Higgins. Those throw, the throw to Higgins, even the one touchdown, was like just perfection. I mean, it's just like football at, at the highest of levels, some of those plays. that And you can't see them in other games because Jamar Chase doesn't exist on anyone. You know, it's just. <laughs> Chris Jones doesn't exist anywhere else. Like these guys aren't on other teams. They are it. Best of the best. You got that right. Um, it, I, I, I just chuckle like that, that fourth and six when they're down 2013 and they go for it, they drive it downfield. The Jamar chase, double covered, double covered. Who cares? Give him a Who chance. Cares? Who cares? I just kind of like, I think that this just kind of speaks to how rabid football fans are. I just thought it was a hell of a play. And, you know, I love a team that's going for it at that point of the game. And they know they have to get a touchdown. And they've got a stud who's been covered like that all game. I mean, you could just see – granted, watching it, watching the TV copy, you can't really see what's going on in the back end. But you can just tell they must yeah. be bracketing Jamar Chase. They are going out of their way to try to take him away because Joe Burrow is just constantly checking it down, constantly looking for somebody else. That point of the game, they say, screw it. We're going to throw downfield to Jamar Chase. But anyways, I just tweeted like fourth and six, uh, taking a shot downfield, double covered, who something like that. And it, I mean, it, I, did, I just thought it was a great play. Then instantly you hear from, of course, some some Bills fans who wish the Bills did that. But like the, the Viking fans, I was like, I totally forgot about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings checking it down on fourth and six. That too. did not even enter my mind at all. <laughs> but that, and uh, oh yeah, they they came out of the woodwork. See, <laughs> they were either uh, you know thrilled to hear it, pissed to relive it. Uh, that's just the beauty of football, I guess. I agree. Another forgotten play, uh, and we we have to we have to bring this one up. What about the rookie safety Brian Cook? Number six for Kansas City. I mean, the Bengals take another shot deep late in the game. I should have the play-by-play right up here. Uh, yeah, no, that's that, a was good to, call. that was to, to T. Higgins, and then he's yeah. the one who tipped. It was it was essentially a he punt. Did. 
But yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, so that was with seven minutes and, and two seconds left the, in the game. The crazy play and on that was Higgins Higgins making that tackle. I said the same exact thing in the moment. What a tackle. And I thought <laughs> right? I, and that I was thought a hell that of a was, tackle. Yeah, it was. I thought that guy went down a little easy. I thought he went down. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Yeah. Um, but I thought he went down a little easy. But what a tip. I mean, it was perfectly placed. The ball's there. Just a, you know, I'm with you on the hard watch take on this game because of it, the flags and the penalties and the stoppages. And we didn't yeah, get the fireworks we expected. Still watching. There were the still some, mo- right, there no were still some great moments. No question. Uh, just, you, you can see why these were the two best teams in the AFC. Agreed. Right? For yeah. a rookie like that to just lay out. He, yes. he know, like There's a point when T. Higgins is going deep. He knows I got to get on my high horse. You know, the world is watching. I've got to make a play. I'm going against Joe Burrow. The ball's going to be right there. And he, he, made a, he made a hell of a play. And I, maybe that's the story of the game, how Kansas City, all of these rookies they have in the secondary. And we had Joshua Briscoe. Um, their post game radio radio man on the pod uh, a couple days ago, and this was his big question. That we're playing a lot of rookies, and what happens with all these rookies? Uh, I think that they stepped up. I mean, Joe Burrow yeah. was Joe Burrow for the most part, though. McDuffie, you know, it wasn't perfect, but he he made some good plays, and. They weren't killed. They weren't killed by Jamar Chase. I mean, outside of the one fourth and six, there's just so many moments uh, in this game where you can now look back and say, "Oh, there, there was an opportunity. There was a missed chance at getting a touchdown instead of a field goal." I mean, hey, Joe Burrow just putting the ball perfect on Hayden Hurst up the sideline earlier in the game. It was. Um, it, it is a game of inches, and I, I'm glad we're talking about all of these specific plays and moments because we're, I think today a lot of the discourse is going to be, oh, the Cincinnati Bengals should have shut their mouth. You know, how dare oh, they call no. this Burrowhead and they're cocky. What have they won? No. I mean, that stuff, nope. and, you know, obviously when Travis Kelsey goes up to Tracy Wolfson interviewing Patrick Mahomes and says, but that's fine. That's and he brings up the mayor. It's fu- that th- th- this game was not one in what was said to a microphone in front of a camera. No, like, zero yeah. effect. No, zero. Didn't matter. Keep it, it moving. The Bengals credit they get. They get that. Like Zach Taylor, he wanted that confidence. I mean, that can be a that can be a powerful thing when you're going into that kind of atmosphere. They could have uh, easily won the game. They could have easily easy. won that game. Easy. So what, what? What did they say that was wrong? Nothing. Yeah, it's and, and Pat. Two more uh, players to hit on here with this game, too. Um, obviously, we got to get to Patrick Mahomes, but what about Mark West Valdez scambling? MVS. Yeah, he's a big topic. The former Packer. Um, th- th- this was a player worth every penny. That was a contract that was criticized in the moment. Um, you know, people kind of remember a drop here, a drop there. He is big, he is fast, he's 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 been through some ups and downs. He's played in a lot of big games. That this was the game of his life. Yeah, Six I think for guys, one sixteen and a touchdown. Yeah, for a player like him, it's always about consistency. Like, so you see that he has that. That's the you see that he has that in him. 
and what separates the great ones from you know him entering that great category is doing it every week and but you see that he can do that and we've seen that with him before where regardless of the contract stuff that's what you get that's what you can have so that's you see what they see and, and it makes sense when you see that but that's a good point bringing him up because he was making some spectacular catches you know, away from his frame I mean, he really doing some I mean, he was pretty special it easily could have been a 16 to 13 game. I mean, obviously a unbelievable throw by Patrick Mahomes, you know, kind of waiting to that last split second and gunning it downfield. But Valdez Scanlon catches that touchdown. I mean, that, that was a huge moment too. To get a touchdown there instead of a field goal. I think that was another deflating moment for Cincinnati. Just um, they kind of kept, kept their foot on the accelerator and to bring it philosophical, big picture, I just love what the Chiefs did. I mean, this really starts. I think you got to go back to the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, Jim, when Mahomes is running for his life. I think the yeah. final count, next gen stats, or whoever keeps track of this nonsense, yeah, he ran for what three hundred ninety-seven yards. Like it was wild. It was nuts. Um, he was, and a lot of that is Patrick Mahomes trying to make a play. Like you have to put a lot of it on the quarterback. That we can't just you know, blast the offensive line, but the line wasn't very good. And they knew eventually, this is where you just got to give Veach and Reed so much credit. They knew Tyree Kill is going to want a lot of money at some point. And they knew, all right, this is probably the number we can get to. And we just lost the Super Bowl with a line that was kind of a sieve. We have Travis Kelsey, the best receiving tight end in the game today. Uh, We've got these other issues. So, Yes, they, they, they get Patrick Mahomes to take a team-friendly long-term deal. That definitely helps. But instead of paying Tyreek over these last two years, they built up the offensive line. This is now one of the best lines in football where you can go out there with a Patrick Mahomes on a bad ankle and and he can win in a different way. And it kind of did force him to be a little more disciplined. He didn't, t- he didn't take a lot of those wacky, you know, outside-the-box kind of chances that I don't drive Kurt Warner nuts like we talked about. Um but that money that could have all gone to Tyreek, he sent the four-year, $120 million deal with Miami. Not only do you get all the picks from Miami in that trade, but you you just you pay Marquez Valdez-Scanling. You pay Juju Smith-Schuster. You, you, you drafted Sky Moore, who had the big punt return. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he made some plays. Man, he is tough. Oh. Uh, you just, you just, you, you, you evolve, you adapt. You don't complain about having to pay a quarterback and not having money to spend on other players. They found a way to contend after paying guys because they were creative. And it's, it, it, it took a bold, bold move on their part to say we can win without Tyree kill. And that's tough. Cause I don't know if, you know, I don't. I don't know. If Philly is going to sit there and think, "Can we win?" Well, they they kind of did it backwards. They paid AJ Brown, but the Bills, they probably were struggling with the idea of life without a Stephon Diggs. Like, can we win? With, I mean, Diggs helped elevate Allen. Um, I, there's just so many different ways to get creative as you continue to build a team after paying your two or three best players. And it's it's tough. I mean, we're not just going to pick on the Bills. A lot of teams have, have struggle with it. And you, you got to keep drafting well. You got to keep drafting weapons. I mean, that's what they do too. Um, keep adding weapons. Keep signing weapons. Because 
you're going to get to this point of the season where they had a lot of injuries. Juju Smith-Schuster was hurt, right? I mean, who, McCall Hardman's been hurt most of this season. And yet, you plug in MVS, you you still have Kelsey. Um, Pacheco had five catches for 59 yards. I mean, Jarek McKinnon was kind of left for dead a couple years ago with his injuries. You trade for Kadarius Toney. Uh, they, they've just found different ways to, to incorporate weapons within a Patrick Mahomes-centric operation, right? Everything is through that Mahomes prism, yet people change around him, and here they are in the Super Bowl again. So he's your MVP. Brett Veach, I think you got to give him a lot of credit for the moves that, that he's made around him. You know, this is my long-winded, rambling way of asking you, like, if they do pay Tyreek Hill, say, say they, they – they say, all right, offensive line, whatever. We'll we'll kind of just draft. We'll figure it out. We'll get around to that. Oh, uh, other weapons, you know, whatever. It's about Mahomes. It's about Tyreek Hill. If they just pay Tyreek, are they in the Super Bowl again? I don't. I don't know. I mean, they needed that. They needed this line in this game with Mahomes' ankle, and they they they're almost better on offense with all these other weapons. It's hard to believe, and because you sit there and think Burrow has Chase, Josh Allen has Diggs. Who does Mahomes have on the outside? Mahomes has Kelsey. So I guess that would be the, you know, the weapon, the, the go-to weapon. That Mahomes that's has. And that's the glitch, right? Tight ends are woefully underpaid. There's nobody more underpaid than the NFL tight end, as people learn in the blood and guts. And it's it, it's sad, but only like but, but like specialists and fullbacks make, make less than tight ends. So, yes, they do have the advantage there. Because even think about for Lamar Jackson, too, in Baltimore. Like his number one weapons – is a tight end. So you have to have somebody, whether it's that wide out or the tight end, it seems, you know, to, to give to the quarterback to have that true weapon. But um, what I thought was funny yesterday too, we were talking about Eric, the enemy was interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs. Yeah. In Baltimore. Right. That's unheard of. Hmm. So Matt Nagy is either going, is either now the coordinator and then he'll just be the head coach in waiting, like we've talked about before. Because he and Brett Beach are best friends, play at University of Delaware together. Um, anyway, I just thought that was insane that a yeah. guy is sitting there interviewing. Yeah. What, why are you inter- what are you leaving for? Like, what are you leaving? Um, I got oh, no, go back I to, have no clue. <laughs> got no, no, that clue one on is that one. wasn't that. That's a strange one. Yeah, that one you just don't think about much. Like. During, I just never heard of that before. Just as but you know, and you're as a former director of personnel, right? But, as yes. Doug Whaley's right hand man, you've you've been through this all. It's like, I, boy, that that took two years of planning. It seems to know, you know, we we like Tyreek, we want to keep Tyreek, but we're it, not going to break the bank because we've got to we got to do this, we got to do that. There's other other ways we have to kind of keep evolving. It's they know they believe they know they have the quarterback and the system in place. They'll they'll make that work. We that's how it wasn't with the Saints for years with Breeze. Like, you know, whether it was Colston, Jimmy Graham, you know, who was our you know, who was our go to weapon on the outside. It was always somebody kind of different. Robert Meacham and Devery Meacham, Henderson. Meacham and Henderson would just have deep touchdowns. I mean, every guy had their role. Lance Moore would have a million third down catches, you know, out of the slot. Every guy had their role, but it was all about Breeze in the system. 
make some plays on defense. And I, I, I say this and recognizing the two of us on the podcast have probably said a million times over that you've got to do everything you can to pay for Stephon Diggs and keep him because he's the one who did, who helped elevate Josh Allen. I mean, just like Tyreek Hill elevated to a tongue of Viola, just like AJ Brown elevated. Hurts. I, the bills can't afford it. I agree with that. I don't know. They, that would be a tough yeah. loss for, for the bills. So it's not necessarily like a, a, you know, an outright critique of these other teams. It's just, no. You get Kansas City, you have to give them credit for having the foresight. Oh, yeah. Brett Veach has been – his track record is as good as it gets right now. Drafting, free agents, moving on from players. See other elements of this, too. I think the the foundation of this all is just drafting well. Like, if you can just hit on a few players, even a couple players each each year – yeah. Then you that you're going to be in this position and mm-hmm. w- Willie Gay. Let's start in like 2020, right? So this is this would have been yeah right after that Super Bowl, right after they won the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Yes. So you, you draft. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, running back, 32nd overall. You know, he's not exactly an impactful player at this point. You're going with a, a seventh rounder in Isaiah Pacheco you know, that you drafted two years later, but that's mm-hmm. fine. You, you took Pacheco in the seventh and he worked out, but w- you get Willie Gay in the second round that year. Legereus Sneed has been a uh, star, maybe a little strong, but probably their second or third best defensive player this year. You Shows got up. him 138 overall in 2020. You go to 2021, Nick Bolton, you know, he's a starting linebacker yep. for you. You got him 58th overall. You didn't have a first round pick. Creed Humphrey. <laughs> One of the best offensive linemen in football. Agreed. You get him at 63. Um, Noah Gray, another tight end. We see him out there a lot. And then this past year's draft was, you know, one of their best. I mean, Isaiah McDuffie, uh, George Kalaftis, he's he's really come on late. Sky Moore, um, he was in the doghouse earlier, but here he is in the playoffs, and they're counting on him in different ways. And then Isaiah Pacheco. So I – that that that's central to this too is they're they're constantly picking latent rounds, uh, yet they they find a way to still get starting caliber players at any point of the draft. You were with the Eagles, you were with the Saints, you were I mean you, even with Buffalo, you're able to find starters late in the draft. I mean that's that's not easy to do, is it? No, you take pride in it. I mean it is. You really get it. it people think it's probably crazy, but like in those draft rooms, it's. Scouts are excited in those fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Everybody is. I mean, we still look at those guys. They're so valuable because you know if you hit on those guys, how big that can be, the impact that has on everything. Salary cap, it opens so many things up. But you're right about what the Chiefs did up front too. I mean, it's a great point by you. They were able to protect him and and – and, and allow him to get through that game. I mean, because you saw the second half. It was just getting worse and worse, the ankle. And then it was pure adrenaline on that, that last drive. And he just took off and ran. He didn't have many more of those left in him. <laughs> right. It was pretty incredible. But I think yeah. that, 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 la- that was a last gasp of a run. Like, we better win this thing now because I don't know how much I'm going to have left in overtime on this damn ankle. Yeah. There was a point of the game where he, gosh, it was, it might've been an incomplete pass, but 
um, the way he kind of had to turn and plant and torque his body on, on planting the foot on that ankle, you could just see him grimacing in pain. It was real. It wasn't just playing up for the camera. He was hurting. And he kind of looked to the sideline almost like, you know, it it almost like it crossed his mind. Do I, do I get out of this game? And he just stayed in, he kept playing. And yeah, that, that was definitely a game for the Patrick Mahomes legacy. Uh, And if there was any question at all, there is not a question now. Patrick Mahomes is in a class of his own at the quarterback position in the NFL. And this is a game that cements it. Uh, I mean, Joe Burrow has been remarkable and he's confident. He's cool. You love the swagger and and everything he's done for Cincinnati. Josh Allen's jumping over linebackers and running people (laughs) over and has the strongest arm in the NFL. And he's fun, but nobody touches Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. It's not even a debate anymore. No, that one's a good one. I mean, as far as we can keep that one moving, that's up. Somebody else can debate that. Not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. But I will say, but you see why I, I, I'm not going to sit, but I have brought up Chris Jones before about, I've always felt like he is the best D tackle in football because of that. What was crazy. I didn't realize those were his first two sacks in postseason in his career. Yeah. I would not have known that. And he hasn't been bad in the playoffs. He's been impactful. I never noticed him being bad. I always felt like he was making plays. Yeah. I, I I know we're prisoners of the moments, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking, this kind of stuff. But I'd take Chris Jones over Aaron Donald right now. With where I mean, at. that's the good thing is we're on. We said that earlier in the year. We don't have to act like it was just because of this game. He's been doing this for a long time. They're both rare. It, it, I hate when we start getting in, like, sometimes we get into, it's like LeBron, Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Who cares at the end of the day? They're the two best. It's like, but um, they're the two best. I mean, impact, unblockable. They're rare in opposite directions where Donald's rare with his insane quickness. And Chris Jones has this insane size and speed and power. And I just love the difference. Both unblockable. Yeah. I'm just shaking my head. I mean, I, I just wrote down some moments in this game that you completely forget about because the ending was just so nuts. Yeah. I mean, the Valdez Scandling stretch for a first down, right? It's 13 13 at that point, six minutes to go in the third quarter. Great what a point. play by him to stretch Great out. Point. Great man, point. That gets overturned. Um, man. And that, I believe that, that, that drive ended in a touchdown to him. I mean, there's a third and 17 that the Bengals had. And I think it would have been completed shortly after that. And McDuffie, first round pick this year, he That's tipped it. that just enough. Just right? Enough. I mean, it was hard to see in real time, but tipped it just enough to throw it off and force the incompletion. Uh, no, those are good, Tyler. Those are great points. That reach out, that reach out for the first down was so athletic. Yeah, it was. And then I – it's hard to pick, you know, a play of the game, but the the, the Brian Cook uh, tip yeah. on the pick, I mean that that could have been a completed pass, and then Chris Jones. It's, I think that Kansas City's defense. I mean Patrick Mahomes playing on the ankle and everything he did, mm-hmm. Herculean deserves all of the praise it's going to get. Uh, but this the, this defense is kind of what a lot of other teams across the NFL envy right now, and it it didn't take 
a whopper of a contract and a big swing to get your, it was just good drafting, smart free agent acquisitions. The chiefs are, they're, they're built to win for, for a long, long time. I, but so I feel like Cincinnati is too. I mean, I don't feel like they're, they, they seem like they're going to be right there too. I mean, they're not going anywhere. And here comes Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. And Justin Herbert isn't going anywhere. No. And Josh. Mike Daniel, Mike McDaniel and Tua working year two together. We'll see. And oh, by the way, what if the Jets get a quarterback with that roster that they have? Um, I'm not going to mention Aaron Rodgers' name because <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know what? And I, I know that. Yeah. Our listeners know what I think about his game and his personality, all of that. I will say, if there was one situation where he still could do something, it's probably that. It's probably the Jets. Uh, I wouldn't do it if I was the Jets. It wouldn't be worth the money. It wouldn't be worth the headache. And it wouldn't be worth, you know, trying to, you know, piece together a winner right now with everything else going on in the AFC and with how Tom Brady might even be, be back in the AFC too. Uh, but it would be, I, I will say from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, he's smart. He's calculated. Uh, he knows that team is set up for where he is at this point, where his skills are diminishing, his physical abilities are diminishing. Uh, he wouldn't have to play Superman with the Jets. I mean, they beat they they beat the Bills and they beat the Packers with Zach Wilson last year. So Fair. I don't want this podcast to get off the rails, but yeah. But you set up the off-season podcast. There's, there's going to be some fun storylines. There will. and Those are fun. Those are fun ones. I mean, we're talking about the big-time names of the aging. Yeah. We, we're still taught Rodgers and Brady. It's like you watch Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar, Mahomes. And it, then when you look at Rodgers and Brady, it's almost like, yeah, you guys are officially old. Like, not Rogers, maybe, but Brady for sure for me. I, I can't believe that there's still people. I I don't even know if that helps the Jets, to be honest. I mean, Rogers, Brady, Russell Wilson. I mean, if you really want to, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, why in the hell? I don't care if they pay you thirty million a year. You got no picks. Russell Wilson needs to be fixed, and you don't even know if he's open to getting fixed, right? He that was the problem in Seattle. They got fed up with his. Um, wanting full autonomy to do whatever he wants on the field, off the field. And they saw the decline that last year in Seattle, and they got out. Green Bay did not get out. And now Green Bay is probably thinking, oh, shit, what are we going to get? They'll still get something for Aaron Rodgers because somebody, yeah. like the Jets, mm-hmm. will be desperate. Woody Johnson's a desperate owner. He He's just desperate enough to give up two firsts, I think. It's a guess. I mean, it's not coming up a place from Intel. But You're it, sitting there trying to say, like, that move makes you better than Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar, Herbert, and the AFC. Good luck. And that's, pro- that's probably the other takeaway from this weekend, Jim. It's like, you know, we spent some time talking Brock Purdy and the 49ers, and are they maybe establishing a different kind of blueprint here where you just build this super team of like positionless players around the quarterback, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, uh, a brilliant offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan. 
I think that this weekend just showed the NFL, like, don't kid yourself. It is still a quarterback's lead league. You need a stud. Find your stud <laughs> by any means necessary. Start start there and then try to flesh out a roster. Uh, easier said than done, right? There's only a few of these guys. So that, that's why I also get the New York Giants thinking, okay, we got to find a number that works with Daniel Jones because we, we, we know we can make the playoffs with Daniel Jones. Right. The team around him really isn't that good. I, I see paying him whatever that number is, yeah. 30, we'll see. Yeah, that's if uh, that's the going rate. I mean, but it's like, you know, you, you you can't just plug a Mr. Irrelevant in at quarterback and win championship games. No. I, I don't know. I'm with you. Maybe it would have been a different game if Brock Purdy doesn't have the, the injury. Uh, but I, my take, I, I still don't think that they would have had a shot in that game, even with him. I don't either. I mean, I didn't either. I, I felt good about Philadelphia in that game, but yeah. it is crazy yeah. that Philadelphia is in the Super Bowl, and it's almost like the the Chiefs Bengals game was so I don't want to say the word earned, but I'm, I said it. I mean, it just felt like they earned that Super Bowl victory. Where the 49ers and Eagles were like looking at each other, like, "What do, what do you want us to do? We don't have a guy who can throw a pass right now. Like, we they couldn't have they couldn't throw a pass." In a championship football game. Yeah. Professional football. <laughs> it was. You can't make that it was like watch. Up. It was like watching high school football with San Francisco. I mean, it, it, but everybody just wanted to, you just wish you could just end the game. I mean, it was. I know. Was, I mean, they're trying trick plays and reverses and. It was just. You know, it was giving it to George <laughs> Kittle on an end around. It's, they're just trying to. And like there was a play where they like sent all of these receivers deep, like everybody went deep, and then one player stayed back underneath, and they're like they're trying to fool you, like oh yeah, bro, like, he's it. gonna he's gonna throw a deep, and, like everybody in the stadium knows he can't throw, can't um, throw. NFC championship, yeah. NFC championship game, didn't have a quarterback, and he didn't have a quarterback. There was a point with Christian McCaffrey. It looked like he he was getting ready to go in there as a quarterback, and just goes to show how valuable he. I mean, he was unbelievable. He, is. he was he was worth the trade. Yes, um, but he uh, he's getting his calf worked on on the sideline by a trainer, and mm-hmm. he's looking at a play sheet, like learning how to play a quarterback in the NFC Championship game. The NFC Championship, right? Like as he's injured and learning the position on the fly, and then the camera pans to some somebody else. By the time he came back to Christian McCaffrey, now he's talking to Anthony Lynn, who we both know, right? The assistant it, head coach. Yeah. Now he's breaking. He's it's like Anthony Lynn's teaching him the offense on the fly. That's where the 49ers were uh, at the quarterback position. And okay, so 49ers, and we could we could talk for hours, Jim. So I'm sorry. The, I know we 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 just kind of assume with Purdy and the way he's been winning games. Week one starter, he's earned it. I don't know. I feel like this game shows Kyle Shanahan. Th- this is why you gave up everything you did for Trey Lance. Like you still need to be special at quarterback. You need you you have to take that chance. You can't just try to get by. This is why you dared yourself to be better, even though you had Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback who took you within one throw to Emmanuel Sanders and won the Super Bowl. He couldn't make it, so you take the swing. You go for Trey Lance. You go for this guy who played one year of college ball at North Dakota State. I think that I would hope that Shanahan's smart enough to realize that when when Lance is ready physically, you've you've got to start him. I, I Purdy's a great story. 
he still strikes me as a really good backup quarterback. We've seen backups in the past come in and win a few games. That's kind of what this is with him. The whole Trey Lance thing I'll never get because it was a pure projection. I mean, everybody that was pumping, I just, that draft, because I we, we spent so much time on that. And I was, I mean, I told you the concerns with Trey Lance. You just never saw it at North Dakota State. All you saw was deep balls. He threw a couple nice deep balls, and then he could run straight line fast. You didn't see anything that would tell you he can play. the Like, the position is so much more than that. And to your point, as, as far as saying is, can Trey Lance get there physically? I don't know if it's the physical part for Trey Lance. Can Trey Lance operate down in mentally, down in, down out, and, and do what Brock Purdy was doing, where wow. Shanahan's asking you, he might not be asking you to be Superman every play with McCaffrey and Debo and George Kittle and an offensive line that can protect and run the ball. I mean, you would think in theory if Trey Lance could, he would be a weapon you know, with his skill set, if he could do everything else that Shanahan needs him to do. I love that, Jim. That's a great point because in Shanahan's offense, we saw it with Garoppolo and we saw it with Purdy. Neither one of those guys. Of the field. It's just, right. you know, you've got all these crossers. You got to make quick decisions. Just get it yes. there. You know, right and when he wants It looks to like spot, spot throws. Are throwing, you know, you see some of those spot throws where they're just, they're putting it there and knowing those guys are coming. Interesting. But yeah, it's not like Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. I mean, they're the opposite of the trailer. You know, neither one of those guys blows you away with arm strength, speed. So we all thought they were going to draft Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Which, Jones is like a supercharged Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, really to me, I <laughs> just from what I've watched. <laughs> that's, that's such a sad, <laughs> such a sad thing to say. But Tyler, to be honest, what I've seen so far, I you could make an argument. Who would you rather have? I, I think you could argue Brock Purdy showed me more. Well, I mean, there was a fantastic story in the Boston Herald. A buddy of mine, Andrew Callahan, wrote, everybody check it out, on the dysfunction in New England this past season. I mean, Mac Jones was just set up to fail. That wasn't fair to him. Everybody saw it from the word go with Patricia and Judge. Um, I guess Bill O'Brien is coming in. What's crazy is, though, Tyler, we talked about Mac Jones, his rookie year, as far as he was at the right place that could help a rookie quarterback kind of <laughs> develop. And, and then all of a sudden they lose and they just, they hire two guys that have never done it. That's your answer to develop a quarterback from the head, the greatest mind or head coach, whatever. <laughs> get those quarterbacks, man. Those quarterbacks will get you that, that. <laughs> it is. You- I think that, yeah, we, we 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 see it with Mahomes and Burrow in a championship. Bill Belichick game. goes from winning Super Bowls to hiring two guys that have never been an offensive coordinator to be a coordinator. That's what happens when you lose Tom Brady. Well, don't don't worry though. Jerry Jones has it figured out in Dallas to really to really take Dak Prescott to the next level. What you got to do is you keep Mike McCarthy, and then you ha- you tell Mike McCarthy you got to fire everybody else. So everybody else. bizarre. I mean, it was so weird to see. I mean, these are guys that were with McCarthy in Green Bay for the longest time. I mean, Rob Davis, the longtime Packers long snapper, yeah. who like worked in like player Shippen's relations and stuff with Green Bay. He he's the assistant head coach in Dallas and he gets shit canned. Job Philbin, um, tons of assistants and but and then Kellen Moore, obviously. But he wasn't fired, Jim. They mutually agreed to part ways. 
Always. Mutually agreed. Always. Isn't the, oh my God, the phrasing. And I, I, I DM'd you or texted you, uh, one, one tweet. We won't say who it was from, but the phrasing yeah. from reporters around these had these coach, uh, hirings and firings. I mean, it's laugh out loud funny. It really is. It, I mean, everything is a big hire, huge get, huge hire, big hire. Huge. It's like, nobody. <laughs> it's just so transparent to see like, uh, the bidding that's being done so many times over with uh, these these reports. I looked up let's just look up Nate Hackett's all, as an offensive coordinator. They, he was he had one decent year they were ranked like 16th or something or 12th in Jacksonville. One year. You look at all his other years as a coordinator, they're not good. Yet the disaster of a all-time disaster, he gets a job right away in New York. Yeah. To coach does Aaron Rodgers think that Nathaniel Hackett made him? No, but I think it's I think they're really close. They're really that's tight. That's re- that's real. That's real. That's hard to believe. Uh yeah, I mean our listeners probably remember, but the Jordan Love story a couple of years ago, I had a player tell me that yes, he he he's okay with the floor. He said he more so tolerates the floor. They're they're fine, but he loves Nathaniel Hackett. And described it as like this weird goo goo gaga kind of loving meetings where they're they're like really really close and joke around all the time, and it's crazy that a team would yeah. just hire somebody in such a high position based on the chance that you might get Aaron Rodgers. I still believe that's what the Denver Broncos were doing. I think the Denver Broncos really thought they had a legitimate chance at acquiring Aaron Rodgers, and that was a major reason that they hired Nathaniel Hackett and then Rodgers decided, nope. And now the Jets are going to do the same thing, but it's a little more real this time because Green Bay is a little open to it. Aaron Rodgers is open to it. Um, you're already kind of seeing the games played behind the scenes. So the Adam Schefter report that Green Bay is, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote him, but like open to trading him like more now than ever. You do wonder like, is that coming from Rodgers's camp? Like, are they trying to set up, the PR of this all to look good in this in this situation. Who knows? I really don't know. We'll get around to it though. But Tyler, it's, it's, think about it's just sad that we're talking about him with you know with conference championship games and Super Bowls. Like, who gives a damn? Like, just wait. We we got time for that drama. No doubt. It's just funny to me to think that the teams are getting ready to gear up for their off season. How are we going to get, how are we going to beat Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen? How can we get better? Jalen Hurts, all these. They're arguing between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady at this point. I think I might want to try to get Lamar Jackson or get something more out of Derek Carr. I agree. Or even. Because those guys still have some, I mean, there's still some hot. I'm not saying Rodgers and Brady. I, mean, I don't think Brady has. Rodgers still has something left. I mean, he he can still play. Brady doesn't sound done though. He wants to. Russell play. Russell Wilson and Brady are not showing anything on tape that show they have much left. They don't show it to me. That you know, I'm going to just go off what we watched. All right, one more crazy prediction here on a. Monday morning, January 30th, though, for you. Tom Brady to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> that's where he that's where he thought he was going before. 
<laughs> he, hey, everything you just described with this Kyle Shanahan offense, I think Brady's going to know where to go with the football. If that's all he has to do behind that big old offensive line with that defense and Christian McCaffrey and Debo and George Kittle and the Bay Area where he's from, it makes too much sense. The number one thing that makes sense is you're not in the AFC. So, yes, agreed. That's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, I don't know if that, like, yes, he can still play, but you're in the AFC. Right, right. So, anyway. All right, Jim, I cannot thank you enough for carving out an hour. No, that was a good – that, that was a, the, the, what I love about football, though, I'm, I did not think – you know, I was so excited for those games, and neither one went the way I probably thought, but – as far as like how they were going to play out, but hey, it's a it's a Patrick Mahomes world, right? It's Cincinnati really? is fun as hell. Spending time around that team leading up to this game, I think they, they are. The confidence is real. The quarterback's right. a stud. All of yeah. that, yeah. but you know the Bills. The Bills lived through this with an AFC Championship game and a 13 mm-hmm. seconds game. This is Patrick Mahomes's AFC and. If he wins the Super Bowl, we'll, 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 be, we'll be saying this is Patrick Mahomes' NFL. I mean, he is he is the best of the very best, and uh, can't praise him enough. Made the play he had to make on one leg. All right, Jim, when are you back? When are you back north? Are you down there for a while? Soon. Just the, yeah, I'll be back this week. So, right. yeah, let's talk. Yeah, we'll figure out a, a fatty, a little fatty time of sorts. Yep. I like it. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time.